0: I'm Dorianne Wheel. Welcome to Thrive with Dr. D. probably one of the most well-known guests I have ever hosted on Thrive with Dr. D. Today, you're probably wondering why we are playing a well-known and beloved rock song called The Love of God as an intro to this podcast. Well, our guest today is none other than one of the world's most beloved and revered rock guitarists, Grammy Award winners, 15 grammy nominations three grammy wins sold millions and millions of records with various groups including frank Zappa, and on his own steve vai it's such a pleasure to welcome you to thrive with dr d thank you very very much thank
1: you so much Dory. it's so nice to be here with you
0: Some of you might be thinking, you know, this isn't the usual guest that we have on Thrive with Dr. D. Steve by we know and love for his music. Steve started with music. Steve, we want to hear a little bit of your history because it's a fascinating history. And the fact that you are playing different kind of music as well today, music that takes the form of ideas and thoughts and philosophies and ways of life. And that you have developed and that you're playing from the inside out, not only only from the outside in. But before we go into that, I just want to say, Steve, first of all, to acknowledge you, the way that we met not that long ago through a beloved and mutual friend, he introduced us and I reached out to you for some assistance of a young lady who displayed... I think, quite exceptional talent and wanted to take her career further in song and dance and musical theater. And what I want to say is that not even having met you or you having met her, the amount of time that you spent going through her material, the concern that you offered, the detail in response was absolutely unusual. And that as well as the content said to me, you are dealing with a different and very special human being. There was absolutely nothing in it for you, but you gave up your time, your expertise to somebody who you have never met in order to assist them on their career path. And you did it with such alacrity. So Steve, you've had the most illustrious career. Let's start, because of course, that's how you know and love with your music career you were a rock guitarist not initially with Zappa but then of course joined the band i think it was in the late 70s and early 80s there must have been crazy heady amazing days with lots of stories
1: <laughs> yes that's one of the things that my career has uh, manifested in abundance a lot of great stories <laughs> sure. but i was um yeah i was a fan of frank zappa because when I was young, I was, I, I was a teenager in the 70s. So I grew up on, you know, the music that my siblings were bringing in the house, and it was rock music. So I was into like Led Zeppelin and Queen and all these kinds of rock bands. But I was also into composition, and I started composing at a very early age. And uh, when I heard Frank's music, he was combining all of that stuff. So I started to transcribe it, which means, you, you know, you write down the music just by listening to it. And Frank was very impressed with that. And I moved to California in 1980, I was 20, and I auditioned for the band and I, I started touring with Frank Zappa when I was 20. It was fantastic. It was intense, you know, but it was, it was great. Yeah. So,
0: so what we know is he was known, you know, if you read some of his history and the way that he wanted to make and embrace other musicians or his music, he was sounds like he was quite a taskmaster very very exacting in what he wanted to do it wasn't just anybody who he would invite to work with him it must have been fairly rigorous at that time
1: well um you can only survive in a situation like that when you love the challenge and usually frank's musicians had something interesting that they could do on the instrument that was a little um maybe uh, exceptional in a artistic kind of a way. And then he would take that and he would cultivate it and kind of use it through his music and stuff. But, uh, with me, with Frank, um, yeah, it was uh, very exacting. Absolutely. I mean, Frank definitely wanted to hear his music performed correctly, (laughs) but, um, it was, it was fun, you know, because you, I loved the challenge. The challenge was a dream because, It really pushed me. You know, that feeling of achievement is such a um, uh, fulfilling feeling. And with Frank, you can get that when you work on the music and you get it to the point where you can play it uh, to his standard. It's very fulfilling. So if you're up for the task, it's great. If you're not, you just won't be hired.
0: (laughs) Sure. So, you know, our connotation And, uh, you know, there are a lot of people who have a mindset and have assumptions about that era in rock, and most particularly what it must have been like to be in the middle of it as you were, surrounded by huge numbers of fans that would follow you and your concerts all over the world, you know, just adoring fans who would offer themselves to you and the band in all sorts of ways, every kind of way. It's kind of the connotation is wild, it's drugs, it's sex, mm. it's rock and roll in the extreme, it's never going to bed. Yes, there's the music, which is exacting, but it's sort of the context. And we know, of course, so many of the eminent musicians blew themselves out or came to an unfortunate end way, way too soon. What was it like being immersed in a time where... You know, we were protesting against the Vietnam War. It was the, the counterculture, anti-establishment young people's time, and the gods and heroes of the day
1: were you. <laughs> well, um, uh, I think for some people we were, and uh, it was, you know, with when I was with Zappa, the music was so intense, but it was fun on tour. There was a lot of a lot of. Uh, You know you meet you meet different people, but I was very focused on the music, but when I joined David Lee Roth's band David Lee Roth was a a, a real bonafide rock star in the 80s with Van Halen and that band was known for some serious uh, debauchery (laughs) and when I joined Dave's band that's when you know we toured um, we toured the world and uh we were doing arenas and and very very large venues with frank it was more like theaters and stuff but when it was when i was with dave it just exploded and the stories are pretty notorious i mean it was uh, i you know i was fortunate because I d- i never did drugs you know i never i never was attracted to drugs and i never really drank you know so And I was, I was in a relationship, you know, that I'm still in, you know, I've been with my wife for over 40 years. Uh, But I was a very colorful fly on the wall. I mean, the antics that went on were extraordinary. And it was, uh, you know, it was a learning experience and it it was just a lot of fun. And, but you, you know, you, the, the danger, the real danger is when all of these things are available to you. Well, I mean the money, The drugs are available, the sex, uh, all of these things are available. But the one thing that's available to you that can perhaps create the greatest challenge, because it did for me, it was the ego, you know, because when you're in a situation like that and you're, you're winning all the polls in all the magazines, you're on the cover of all the magazines, you're making a lot of money. People are telling you you're great. And uh, the ego comes right in the back door and you start believing all the hype and everything, you know, and you start to uh, creating create an identity for yourself. Because when I was starting to win all the guitar polls around the world, at first it was just like, how is this happening? You know, this is kind of uh, when is somebody going to pull the, you know, the sheet off?
0: (laughs) And, you know, is this really me?
1: yeah, what, what are they seeing? What, why is this ha- How is this happening? But it just grew and grew and grew. And then after a while, you start to feel, yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me. I'm the chosen one, you know. <laughs> and uh, like everything else in the world that comes and goes and comes and goes and comes and goes, <laughs> so does fashions and trends and styles of music and styles of playing and this kind of thing. So in the 80s, there was a very big rock uh, 80s rock kind of a thing, but then in the 90s it all changed, and the kind of thing I did virtuoso guitar playing and all that was kind of uh, passe. So there was a uh, sort of a shift in the music scene then. But then I just stuck to making music and touring, and I toured after that with a band called White Snake, which is uh, was another huge, huge state, huge, huge band in the 80s. And uh, but then my musical aspirations were just a little different you know I had a particular brand of music in my mind that I wanted to start doing so you know around the 90s early 90s I kind of turned my back on all that stuff and I started making solo music what I didn't realize then when was that the solo music was going to be as well received in the guitar community as as anything I mean uh, it was another just absolute surprise and delight.
0: So Steve you're still doing that I've heard some of your latest music. I've been privileged enough to hear something that you've been doing recently, even under lockdown. I've actually witnessed what your fingers
1: looked like. <laughs> oh, you're talking about uh, yeah. <laughs> candle power.
0: Um, but um, the part that I'm interested in, because we're going to get to how you developed some of your ideas, and that you, you managed to recognize the kind of seduction mm. And the danger of it on the other side. Still not sure how you managed to avoid some of that. Because it is so heady. I mean, sure, you had a relationship. But for a lot of people, that was just, oh, we all have a relationship that's kind of incidental. They still got caught up in other relationships. You know, like one after the other and sometimes all at the same time. Uh-huh. It was... <laughs> All of that, but I'm interested in your personal development and your awareness, and the fact that you you speak about a challenge from early on, the challenge of the music. You also alluded to loyalty being with one person over this period of time, maybe not only loyalty, but the maintenance of deep connection. All of these kind of things, you know, are not usually characteristic of people in your world who do get seduced by the ego and the money and also the rec i mean the huge recognition so i guess the question is didn't you want to just step into it what made you say there could be some danger in launching myself into this lifestyle and how did you start developing some of the the thought Idea and direction of how you needed to live your life and what you want to share with other people up to today.
1: Mm. Well, thank you. I think we all have unique stories about our personal evolution, so to speak. And a lot of the story is revealed, I believe, later in life when you look back and you see how you were at, at various periods in your life and how you grew, that's when you can actually see those things in your life that uh, really were paradigm shifts that change your perspective of yourself and the world. And those are the important shifts. Experiences in and of themselves may not do that, but in, as they build up, there are certain paradigm shifts that can happen. And I I distinctly remember Various times in my life, I grew up in a, I uh, I had a great childhood, two brothers, two sisters, great parents. My father was an alcoholic when I was young, and that uh, would cause a lot of problems, as you know as as we know it does. I was fortunate. he he had quit drinking when I was twelve, so I got to know a really wonderful man. They were very supportive. I think for me, I remember when I was very young, being very curious as to what the heck is going on. Like what, what is life? What, I mean, I remember six years old standing out on my front lawn, looking up at the sky and saying, okay, what's going on? You know? <laughs> and when nobody was telling me, um, as I got older, I really wanted to know, I just wanted truth, you know? And there was also in the background, I don't know what, you know, it's not uncommon that people feel stress. They feel, um, certain things about themselves and about the world that can create uh stressful states of mind and this kind of thing and I started to discover that I think one of the things uh it's just fear it all that all boils down to some kind of fear you know but uh I remember when I was very young you know when you when you're young you hear things and they stick and I had an aunt that said uh when she said something like uh people who become famous go insane <laughs> you know i was a little, i was a little kid and i i thought okay now i know what i don't want i don't want to become famous and it actually was an issue it started to scare me when i with the, even the idea of working with frank you know it's it's what you what you discover is it's just an illusion though you know all of that kind of stuff it's all just the, 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 in your in the mind you know it's how you choose to look at things that determines the quality of your life and the quality of your experiences. But still, when I was 20, I went through a very difficult period. I don't know exactly what what it was, but it was like a depression. It was a deep depression, you know, and it lasted for about a year and a half. And it was caustic, you know, Uh, I didn't know. I thought I was going insane. And it's interesting because everything in my life seemed to be going well. You know, I had a girl that i i liked and uh, a lot of friends i had a good job i was working with frank at the time but there was just this uh, very heavy i think all of the uh questions i had about life and everything had built up and it reached this peak you know at uh, one night where um i just didn't uh, i didn't know how i was going to go on you know because uh, when you're in a state like that the, the, it can be so intense the, the suffering that uh, you start entertaining thoughts of oblivion, you know? And I was fortunate because at one moment, this thought came to my mind that said, uh, well, that's not the answer. It doesn't make anything any better. As a matter of fact, it makes it worse. You have to figure this out in this life. And that, that gave me a little, it was, it, it was like a little respite, you know? And then something very interesting happened for me. I mysteriously received this book in the mail And it was called "The Magic in Your Mind" by U.S. Anderson. I was 20 years old, and at that time, I had no understanding of esoteric things, religion. I mean, I grew up a a Catholic boy, (laughs) you know, but never really. uh, Always you know, when I heard about when I heard the words of Jesus, I I thought it was uh, it was great. But there was things that I was learning that in the Bible and stuff, just as a you know, as you're growing up when you're Catholic, that just sounded crazy, you know. So there was it didn't really. Aid to my life so much, uh, but what happened with that book when I got it it was a godsend because it was the first book the first thing that I read that actually showed me that there's more to us than just our minds, you know what we what we think we are, so I became fascinated with this book, and one of the things in the book that actually i want to share this because this was a pivotal moment this was a real a real pivotal moment in my life. And, and for anybody that's ever experienced <laughs> hopelessness or just that feeling of depression, um, they might understand this. There was this phrase in the book, and basically it was about setting a subconscious kind of a message to yourself and to repeat, it's like a mantra and you repeat it. And what the, what, what it said was to repeat, I am becoming happier and healthier every day. That was the phrase. And when I heard that, when I read it, I thought, this is crap. There's no way. This is, this, this is, this is, I couldn't even say it in my own mind. But then the suffering just got so bad. You surrender, you know, at some point you just, you, you surrender. And, and when I did that, I was, I said that phrase in my head and I didn't believe it, but I was able to say it. And then after a while, something, something, this was a a major pivotal moment. And I'm going to explain it, express it because it, it's reflective of something that's within all of us. That's vital to discover. And what that is, is the power of your intention. Because there was a moment there where, um, when I said that phrase, and then I stopped for a minute and, and the thought came to me, okay, I am becoming happier and healthier every day. And then I thought, why not? Why not me? What's to stop me, really? know I mean, it might be a one in a billion chance, but it's still one that that could be true, that I can be, become happier and healthier every day. And when you're in a state like that, you're grabbing for anything that'll help you. And when I started to say this, interesting things started to happen and they were, they were not, um, there were internal feelings that, well, first I started, there was a relief from the panic attacks and the anxiety. And there was moments of euphoria. I couldn't understand it, but it was just the moments of like bliss. They would just go and then they'd vanish. And uh, I kept saying this phrase and then I was introduced to this, uh, amazing metaphysical bookstore in Hollywood called the Bodhi tree. And in this store, they had everything on spirituality, religions, everything, pyramids, numerology, astrology, witchcraft, Eastern philosophies. And this was like my dope. You know, I just started just devouring everything. There was so many, there was things that made sense. It was mysterious. I was learning another perspective of myself besides the conditioned thoughts that i was taught growing up like everybody and these were incredible revelations incredible and my my state of mind completely shifted i started to like myself you know i started to to appreciate or just appreciate myself and appreciate what i was doing and i became very um i started to feel real happiness again you know just real joy and that I have to tell you, it, it's never stopped and, it, and it's never stopped kind of growing. And there's been challenges, sure, because the biggest challenge, well, not the biggest, that, that depression was, was the biggest. one. And I've never been back there. I mean, I see it for the illusion that it is. And it's a ridiculous thought even. Now, I know that sounds to, to trivialize that state of mind. And for the people, for people that might even be hearing this that are going through it, I don't mean to trivialize it but I can see now what it actually is.
0: So, Steve, you know, when you talk about it, you realize what it is for what it was now. At the time, you know, even as you're talking about it, it's like you're both a participant and observer. You're in it and you remember very clearly what it felt like, that helpless, hopeless feeling. But there was still a spark a little spark inside that was waiting to be reignited. And it sounds, when you talk about it, that it's a mixture of awe and realization and excitement. And this is what you're wanting to let other people know about, you know, in a way that you do. Is that right?
1: Well, yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is that you you had said um, there was a spark that was reignited, right? what i'd like to say is the the spark never goes out in any of us that spark is who we are actually what i discovered through uh, i mean i'm i'm known as a musician and i absolutely love that function in life i'm so grateful and and appreciative that i've i've been uh, i i just found my nut so to speak you know i found my note but um What I focused on also quite a lot in my life is the study of spiritual principles and the self. And there was various phases and different discoveries from that point. And we're all on this path. Everybody, the path is different, you know, but it's it's so vital to understand. This is what I what I came to understand was you're responsible for any for everything. (laughs) You know, you're responsible for the thoughts in your mind that's what I discovered that and and that I'm in control of them or uh, I came to discover that I have the option to be in control of my own thoughts now that that sounds like a, a, a funny sentence you know I'll try to explain that spark that you talk about that spark it, it, it doesn't have thought in it it that spark is the light of life it's the light of your awareness you know it's the it's the it's the light that you are you know it's it's the thing that enables you to be it's life that's who you are and that is as bright and as powerful and as infinite in me as it is in anybody but it's covered up it's covered up by the these illusory thought patterns that we've inherited and we've been conditioned to obscure this spark, so to speak, with negative conditioned thoughts that we've been led to believe are the way things are. And this is what uh, causes um, fear in people. And fear is the only thing that can obstruct that spark. When that spark is bright in you, when it's really shining, you're in a state of joy. You're in a state of uh, you're you're free you're in a state of appreciation you are on a uh, you're on a high you know you're everything seems to be working your timing is perfect all the people you're meeting you're co-creating in a beautiful way challenges become opportunities you know you don't see challenges so that's that's your spark you know that's your note and everybody everybody can relate to that with something in their life something even very simple that they do that you're just doing it and you're feeling good so um, for, for me one of the things that the thing that I recognized is the only thing that can ever hold you back from being that that uh, beautiful light is the quality of your own thoughts <laughs>
0: what you're saying is so important and understandable and what a lot of people are thinking is how do we do it How do we get rid of all the good, bad, right, wrong, should, shouldn't, (laughs) mustn't, must can, cannot? My mother said, I have to. Girls are. Men are like this. You know, this is how we've been conditioned from the outside in. You say to get to that point of full potential, which is manifest by freedom, joy, creativity, connection, uh, Able to deal with all of those layers. So
1: my question is how? How? Okay. Well, it's important to first point out that you may be doing it. A person may be doing that in a in a, a small part of their life and one subject. You know, they may feel freedom. They may their mind might feel very open, and um, they enjoy what they're doing. They're enjoying the moment. They're enjoying others. They're they're shining. But then they go to another subject, and or everything else is uh, upside down. And some people, everything is upside down. So how do you? Okay, the first thing a person must do in order to find freedom, peace, real peace, real real peace, their creative potential, their appreciation in the world, all of these things, love, in order to find those things, the first prerequisite is you have to want it. You have to want that. Most people don't want that. This is very obvious when you look in the world. The person may believe that they want that. If you find yourself watching the news and getting embroiled in political debates, you don't want peace. You know, and this is an elusive thing that the ego does. It leads you to believe that you need to be serious. Okay. This is an illusion and it leads to suffering. That's all there is to it. Until a person decides that they don't want that anymore, there is no how. They will have no access to the peace that actually is already there that they could never actually separate themselves from so that's the big dilemma because the moment that you want it it starts happening that's how okay so let's just say hypothetically a person is in a state of mind that's it's, it's a stressful state first you got a real we have to realize that stress is an inside job that we create on our own. It's not because of anything that's happening in the outside world. It never is. It's always only ever your perspective of what's happening on the outside world that creates stress in you. This this is, people don't realize that they, they have to blame. They believe that if that doesn't change, if those people don't change what they're doing, or if, then I can't be happy, you know? And they also believe that they have to change to make other people happy. This is a a mistaken premise. (laughs) You know, this is like the grand illusion. So anyway, let's just say hypothetically, you're happy in your suffering because that's the state of most bickering, blaming. If you find yourself blaming, condemning, judging, labeling, any of these things, you're not in your right mind and you're not in your natural state of being, which is one of peace, creativity, companionship. It's the opposite end of the stick. So let's just say you're suffering through anger. Okay. You're watching something on TV, you're in a relationship, whatever it is, and you're in a state of anger for some reason. Anger is just another phase for fear okay? Anything, there's actually only two thoughts you can ever think. One of them has its foundation in fear, and all of its children have their root in fear, and the the, the children of fear are things like anger and hate and uh, anxiety and blame and even something as subtle as frustration or impatience. So this this is a form of suffering. Whenever you're going through, and we don't realize it because the ego says, "No, no, this—you have to fight. You have to be angry. If you're not angry, the wheels are going to fall off. You're going to be taken advantage of. You're going to be weak." That's what the that's what the mind tells you. It's a lie, okay? Because it, it's it's <laughs> it's a lie. Let's
0: just look at what people are going through today, and and loved ones are really, you know, not coming through this and so on.
1: Yeah.
0: How do you apply that? And what can you say to people who are living in the midst of an unprecedented pandemic that they never thought we would ever be in? We, when I say they, I say me as well, all of us, in this last time. You would have said this is a science fiction movie that doesn't have a chance of doing well at the box office because it's so far-fetched. And yet these are some of the realities, and we need advice. I'm asking for how you deal with that. Yeah. In a how and getting into some of that feeling of freedom and joy that you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it almost sounds insulting to talk about peace and joy at a time like this. But it's vital. Um, Okay, so um, I'll do my best. What I was referring to about stress stress is thoughts that uh, the way we feel is based on the, the quality of the thought we think. Our emotions come after the thoughts. Being concerned is fine, you know, it's absolutely appropriate to be concerned. To be in a state of fear is unnecessary to kind of just break it down. I've spoken to so many people and including myself in this that have been going through this pandemic and discovering many things about it that I find great value in, you know, and the way that you help yourself in a pandemic is talk about the things with others that feel good to you. Talk about those things like, if I asked you right now, if I asked everybody listening right now, who may be in a, in a very very compromised state because of the limitations of the pandemic. And the, it, it varies. There's, there's some people getting wealthy from it. There's some people that are losing everything. There's some people uh, that are cultivating their health from it. And there's some people that are dying. You know, there's everything in between
0: i hear a lot about gratitude
1: yeah appreciation is the secret magic in the world and uh, because if you're in a state during this let's we'll talk about the pandemic and there's a lot of challenges you're at home you don't know how you get you got to get out of that room there's just the people everybody's closing in on you you know or the job whatever it is you can write a list I would challenge anybody to sit down and start writing a list of some of the things that have been that they could find appreciation in that were a result of the pandemic. Now, it would be very hard uh, to find one for some people, but it exists. One thing that you can appreciate does exist, and if you focus on that if you if you can hold on to that, the feeling of that appreciation for that thing all right for instance for me i've had my boys come over more than they used to you know so that's something i can really appreciate i like that and now that, but that's not enough i'm going to talk about that i'm going to say you know when they come over we we play pool we we talk about this we do this you know it's actually really nice you know so this is how you do it this really is how you do it you have to change the trajectory of your thoughts. And then an interesting thing happens when you change your emotional scale. You you have access to solutions, to effective solutions when your emotional equilibrium rises. And the way you rise your emotional equilibrium is you find things to appreciate. If a person was to actually just sit and write a list of their blessings, write a list of the things that you, you can find in your life that you can appreciate. This is the most powerful thing that you can do to change your entire life and the way the world looks to you. This will change the way you perceive the world entirely, but it's work, it's work. You have to have the, at first it's almost impossible because there's no light, you know, there's so much suffering. And so I wanted to, let me just jump back because I wanted to finish the, how do you find the the peace? So you first have to want it and usually people don't want it until the suffering becomes so great they surrender and they say I don't you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. And I, I just want peace. I just I just want peace. I really sincerely want peace in myself. So, so that that's like a real a real desire. If that's your true desire, it has to come. and. The second thing that happens after your desire for it, you start seeing the obstacles to it. You start seeing the obstacles in your life to your peace. And those obstacles are only ever your perspective of the world, your perspective of things. You could sit with five different people and talk politics with them and you're gonna get very different dynamics. You can talk religion with them, you talk money with them, you talk anything with them and everybody has these wildly different dynamics on various subjects and you can see their entire being change, you know? So when you desire peace, you start to see the obstacles to it. And those obstacles are always only ever your own judgment on the world and your own life and yourself, their judgments, (laughs) their, their, When you start to see these things in your mind, you can start to see the illusion of them. And then you can separate yourself from them before you can even realize that you have an opportunity to make a choice. Otherwise, you have no choice. You're just rammed into the conditioned thought patterns that keep repeating themselves and showing themselves in your life. That's called karma, you know? It's just the the repetitive old thought patterns that just keeps showing up in your life. Do you ever see meet people that say, I knew it wasn't going to work for me? You know? Or I told you that relation, I told you that whatever it is, they they justify their own unhappiness. And we do this, we all do this, we don't realize that we're doing it. So when you decide that you really want peace, you start seeing that this is what you're doing.
0: It's quite amazing that, you know, I mean, selective evidence and sort of, unconscious bias you know what you're talking about that you see the world through this lens and that some people would rather or they don't know that they would rather live unhappily ever after because it's predictable yeah it's predictable that's the meaning they've found that's the box that they've got that's the certainty stepping out of it you know there's a a little bit of a risk even stepping out of it for joy it's new, it's unknown, it doesn't keep you in the box. So I think that's what you're saying is that when you really, really want it, you'll begin to step out yeah. and experiment and question and that that awareness is like the first step to change and the amazing realisation that you had and that you have every day and that you share is that I can be responsible. In other words, it's I have the ability to respond
1: yes and the quality of your life is going to follow your response yeah you just have to be able to recognize the ego that says no you 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 here's the thing i know this sounds crazy but the one thing that we're afraid of most of all is love we're actually afraid of it we're afraid to show it we're afraid to share it we're afraid to even show appreciation uh, in, in this in this day and age that uh, any sign of affection is seen as a, some kind of sexual approach or, or these kinds of things. And the, the interesting thing is if you can look in yourself and, and see how we judge who we give our appreciation to and who we give our hate to, this is going to be at the, at the joint at the hips of the quality of your life. And the ego is going to tell you, your mind is going to tell you that any sign of love or affection to humanity as a sign of vulnerability. It makes you vulnerable, makes you weak. You, you have to, you're, gonna have to, you're gonna have to sacrifice something for your peace. This is an illusion, it's a lie. The only thing you sacrifice for peace is your own fear. And we'll take the pandemic. The way I, I approach it is just practical sense, common sense. Okay, there's a pandemic, what can I do? okay there's i gotta wear a mask okay you know i keep social distancing don't go out if i don't have to oh it's it's on the rise i'm gonna stay home you know and okay now i can go out these are things that are just happening right they're happening to everybody the the freak out the fear is just totally unnecessary you can be concerned but the bottom line is if you lose your job you can only figure out what to do when the time comes and you will figure it out because you always do. Everybody, look, the evidence of that is in the past. How often have you lost things only to show that the loss is actually a pointer to move into a different direction, okay? So that's a very, when, you, when that's on your mind, Hmm. okay, there's a big change here. I don't really understand why, but I know that it means change and then all of a sudden, because you found your emotional equilibrium and you're not freaking out and blaming everybody else and all of this stuff, the 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 solutions, the, the most the vital, valuable, creative, progressive, abundance solutions become more on your radar. They're so obvious because if you're in a state of fear, you're not going to see those things. You have no access to them.
0: And then you start manifesting it.
1: You manifest things based on fear when you're in a state of of anger you manifest things that are the 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 children of anger and by the way that's what we teach (laughs) if you're in fear you're teaching fear everybody has the ability to be strong that's who you are that's actually who you are do you know that your natural state of being is one of of peace and abundance and creativity co-creativity you cannot avoid being co-creative with others. You can't, it's impossible. Nothing you touch, nothing you even touch or look at or, or, or engage in at all is possible without millions of other people who have contributed.
0: So Steve, I almost feel that I really do feel that we, we kind of need to have part two of this. What you, what, as you're talking now, I'm, I, I, I think that America, is on the brink of something new. There's a renewed yeah. kind of excitement and hope and belief and possibility and even probability that we're seeing now and that what you're talking about is talking to me yeah. as one person, to you in terms of your journey. If you're talking to everybody, I think that you really are relating to the collective individually and together about this kind of generative probability and possibility and abundance and connection and inclusiveness that comes when you see it you know there's a beautiful saying is oh I'll believe it when I see it I think you'll say you saying that if you see it you'll believe it you know the other way around kind of <laughs> Once you start seeing it and then start manifesting. Yeah. So it's so timeless, all of this. And you know, I almost want to say to you, when is your book coming out on this? <laughs> and as I said in the beginning, it's a totally different kind, well, not so different. It's music that also talks to you, as your music always has, but very differently. And and, and, com- and and in a complimentary way. So, I mean, you are, you know, I, I want to share you as a gift. <laughs> That's going to be mine. I want everybody to understand, have a, have a slice of this.
1: Now I'm flushing.
0: <laughs> and just to thank you so much for giving us this perspective. Of belief and knowing and abundance and most of all love, and sharing your story of how that impacted you, starting from a time where you didn't believe that that was possible, and never letting go of it—it's inspirational to all yeah. of us.
1: Thank you. Well, you know, I—I I, you asked what you know when would I write a book, and I—I haven't, and I mean I haven't really thought of. I've been offered many times, but uh, everything that I'm saying. Came from people much wiser than me, <laughs> you know, and they write great books and uh, people like uh, the, the kind of books that I've, I've read. Well, it changes, you know, as you as you know, as you evolve, you different things, you're attracted to different things. But the last uh, spiritual teachings that I've really embraced that have had profound impacts on my life were the teachings of Eckhart Tolle, Muji, there's a a book called the course in miracles that's profound and that might change too, you know, but, but thank you. And, and I, I, I just would, I will close by saying um, I absolutely understand the challenges, but I can assure you that you are in control. You're the boss of you. And if you want peace, if you want, if you want your power back from negativity, from fear, it's very simple. You just have to want it sincerely. You just have to sit with yourself and really ask yourself, what do you want? And it, once you decide that you want freedom and, and, and joy, you, you just want, and, and this doesn't mean that you're not gonna have challenges in life. Challenges are vital. They're very important. Seen through the eyes of fear, challenges are devastating as is most things so seen with fear. with no fear, challenges are opportunities. They They become opportunities and that, they, and they're not so serious, you know, but they'll be there. They're necessary. They're necessary. So don't be afraid of them, but, but find your, your independence, find your independence from the things that are happening in the world that you believe have power over you because they don't unless you let them. So when you're turning on the news and you're hearing about this and you're hearing about that you have to understand that you you're the one that has the power to choose to decide to think what you want. And that does not mean to be irresponsible or to throw caution to the wind. No, matter of fact, your ability to be intuitive about the moves to make are is sharpened. You know when there's lack of fear, when there's when there's focus, your your ability to make decisions is is empowered it's empowered and this is what we need we all need this and what you were saying about what's happening in america right now and there's change coming there's big change coming and i think it can affect the entire world and that change is going to be um it's going to be experienced by an individual based on what they think it's going to be so if they're projecting a fearful change where we're all going to hell in a handbag, uh, I would be bold to say that that person will attract themselves to situations in life that will be their hell in a handbag. Because you're gonna attract yourself yeah. to it because that's what you're thinking. But when you see this change as, as a paradigm shift, and if you look, that's what's happening. Technology is is right now is, is at a paradigm shift. It's in the next five years, what's gonna happen is extraordinary. And all of these things are changing. And when your perspective is a joyful one about the change, then the experiences that you're going to attract yourself to through that change will be, will be good changes for you.
0: Steve, thank you. Your perspective, your joy, your absolute knowing, which is beyond a belief, beyond belief, it's just a knowing. You know these things to be true your uh, reassurance of control and the ability to take responsibility, the recognition of the obstacle of the ego gives us all tremendous kind of unity and hope. And I must say it's contagious. <laughs> it's contagious. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, perhaps more contagious than any virus.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so so you.
0: really appreciate you. You've given us a lot, not only to think about, but to live with and live by. Thank you. And Devi, who's all the way in LA, in the middle of the night, talking to us here. <laughs> Thank you
1: so much for your Thank message. You. Thank you so much, Dory.
0: Thank you for your music. All of your music. Oh, thank you. And for what you do, you
1: are divine. Thank you for what you're doing here. This is very nice. I love love your podcast. You're doing great. Thank you And uh, if there's any message that I could give any, you know, the the people who see this is "You're you're doing great. You're doing fine. You're really doing good. Look around you. You're doing great. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been Thrive with Dr. D listen to this and then listen to it again. I think it's probably the one of the most important messages that you can understand and internalize and will certainly act as a springboard for the beginning of the rest of your life. Thank you very much. I'm Dorian Wheel. Thanks for listening to Thrive with Dr. D, a jackpot podcast.